Hey there, I'm Ashley and I'm a proud mama of two beautiful kiddos, a wife, a health and wellness coach, and a middle and high school shop teacher. Hi, I'm Roberta, mama, wife, educator. I'm an entrepreneur and homeschool mom navigating the work, family, social life balance. Together, we will discuss various topics near and dear to our hearts for teachers and mamas, like routines, health, habits, self-care, and so, so much more. Living a healthy lifestyle is for everyone from young children to adults. Health, wellness, and emotional and social well-being starts at home and should be expanded upon in the classroom. Everyone can benefit from the Teacher Mamas podcast. So if you're ready to learn some helpful tips, let's do this thing. All right. We are here with Catherine from Maryland and she is going to, I just, I really enjoyed talking with her on Instagram. We were talking about all the really cool things that she teaches and then how she also incorporates that into her own life. So before we start, before talking about your role as a classroom teacher, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you chose this path in education? Sure. So originally, I did not want to be a teacher at all. Um, In high school, I actually um, was doing dance and I've done dance my entire life. And so I thought I would pursue dance as a career. Um, But leaving high school, I had to ultimately face all the criticism that comes with the dance world. And I decided that I would not be able to handle all that criticism. Um, But I also knew I had a great influence on my younger cousins um, and younger family members. So I was like, okay, like I possibly have a future in education if I have such a great positive influence on them. Um, so I st- studied early childhood education um, at Stevenson University in Maryland. Um, and then I went on to Towson University for grad school. Um, in grad school, I joined the dance competition team. So I was able to go back to like my dance roots and really um, be involved in that passion um, on the side. And yeah, I've taught first grade for two years, second grade for two years, and now I'm in this position um, called Arts and Humanities at my school now. That's so cool. So what, um, explain the position, because I think that's a new one for me. I have not heard of that position in an elementary-based setting, so I'd love to hear more. Yeah, it's very specific for the county that I teach in, so it's actually called The official position is called Triple E. It stands for Enhancing Elementary Excellence. Um, And Mm -hmm. under the umbrella of Triple E, there's different disciplines. So there's um, arts and humanities, there's global studies, there's world culture and language, and there's STEM and society. And the area that I focus on is arts and humanities. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we use different art forms like dance, theater, visual arts, um, and music. a lot of people think that like I'm the dance teacher or I'm the art teacher, um, but I'm not. I don't explicitly like teach the kids how to dance or teach them explicitly like how to paint a Van Gogh painting. Like I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, I use project-based learning in my work and we use 21st century learning skills. So um, collaboration, creativity, critical thinking, and uh, a missing one but we use the four C's in my classroom. Um, So we use the arts, project-based learning and those skills to answer worldwide questions using an art form. So using the techniques or the elements of an art form. That's so cool. That sounds really cool. 
Can you give mm-hmm. like an example that maybe would help our listeners like really understand how how one of your lessons could include um, everything you just talked about? I think um, you said mindfulness too at times, right? Yeah, absolutely. So okay. um, just a quick rundown. So I use mindfulness practices in my classroom um, outside of doing projects. So I light an oil diffuser in my classroom. Um, for me and for the children, I write a positive affirmation on the board in my classroom. At the end of my class, we take a mindful minute just to sit and relax and to like regroup ourselves before we leave my classroom. Um, and so some of the projects that I've done, so also just side note, I also teach all the grades in my school. So I teach pre-K to fifth grade. So I am like mm-hmm. a PE teacher, a music teacher, art teacher. So I'm one of those kind of disciplines, like a cultural You're art a specialist. Yeah, one of the, yeah, um, to know, so in, let's say first grade, we have a unit called storytelling through yoga. Um, and so we go through specific yoga moves. We talk about the practice of yoga and how it is peaceful and mindful for the body. Um, and then we integrate storytelling where they, um, tell a story using some yoga poses that they have learned in some like improv yoga poses. Like they make up some like really creative poses yeah. that are not exactly like official yoga poses right but, you know my toddler was doing something similar yesterday I was thinking <laughs> hmm, that's not a yoga move yes it is mom right right yeah. <laughs> tell them now as long as it's staying still it's a yoga <laughs> pose, right and they yeah. they love doing that so that's that's um one example but um I think the greatest example of combining the arts and mindfulness is in second grade where I do an entire unit on mindfulness and I teach them very explicitly mindfulness um, skills that they practice each week and they take home each week and then at the end they're able to reflect on what is the best mindfulness practice for them um, because we talk about how not everything is for everybody someone might like to meditate Mm -hmm. and someone else might like to write down their feelings and that's okay Um, I love mm -hmm. that that's a huge hit in my classroom. How, um, I'm just curious how, especially when you get into the older grades, cause I teach high school. So what do you have up to fifth or sixth grade at your school? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Okay. So as you get a little bit older children in there, how are they like accepting of that kind of stuff? I guess, like, do they, do they get involved or are they kind of like getting too cool for it at that point? <laughs> I think definitely some too cool for school things going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in fourth grade, we do a unit called the gift of the arts. And we talk about how the arts are like a gift to other people and how we use them in our everyday lives to relax and let loose. And these are things that we look forward to. So each week we study a specific art form, poetry, Um, dance music and we give that gift to someone else Um, and I think that's really rewarding for them because they get to see someone else receiving a gift and they're genuinely happy to be receiving this gift and so it's something that they have created because they don't like for me to tell them what to do they're so like I can do it Miss Robinson is not cool at all you know and they're able (laughs) to give this gift to somebody else and it makes them feel um good as well. And something else that I've recently started doing, we do this continuum at the end of class and we talk about the experience that we had that day. And we talk about, did this make you 
comfortable or not comfortable? Were you interested mm -hmm. in this, not interested in this? Um, is this useful? Is this not useful? And they come and they move a sticky note like up on a line that's like a continuum and mm -hmm. they talk about it. And I tell them like, it's important to be honest. Like it doesn't hurt my feelings like at all. Like I understand there are some things like even as an adult, there's some things that I like to do and some things that I don't like to do. Some things where like I'm in a meeting and I'm like, well, this is kind of like a waste of time. And oh, this is actually very useful. Um, so just mm -hmm. to practice that and I, I think they like it because I'm allowing them to have a voice in the classroom, even if it's something that might be conflicting to what I would have liked them to say. Mm -hmm. Right. So you kind of answered this one already, but I don't, you might have other things to add. Um, how do you incorporate mindfulness into your own teacher day? And so like, even like when you're leaving for home or before work each day, um, or just even at home too, what else do you do? I know you said you use the diffuser in the classroom. Yeah, so for me, it starts the night before. So like tonight, I have already packed my lunch. I've already picked out my outfit and that helps me save time in the morning. Cause a lot of, if I don't do that, I'm like scrambling and then it's yeah. like race against time. And then my mind is jumbled. I get to work and I'm just like off. So that helps me. Um, the night before and then in the morning when I wake up I read a devotional and I either listen to quiet music or a podcast um, or sometimes nothing at all if I do have like a lot going on in my mind um, mm -hmm. and then when I get to school I have a checklist I have a good morning checklist that I do and I start by um, setting up that oil diffuser I start by writing down a positive affirmation before I do any type of work to invite myself into the space so it is an inviting space and not something that I consider or associate with stress mm -hmm. um, I used to associate my classroom with just like stress and like I have to get there and like get to work 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 but I like mm -hmm. invite mm -hmm. myself into the space um, and then after I write down that positive affirmation I'll open up my laptop and I'll give myself 20 minutes because um the time at my school is very short. We have 30 minutes before the kids. We have to be there and the kids arrive. So we don't have a lot of time to prep. So I'll give myself 20 minutes to prep quickly, like print out something, cut something up. Um, and then I take like five or 10 minutes to myself. If I want to just sit there, I sit there. If I want to scroll on YouTube, I'll do that. If I want to go talk to my teacher friend, I'll do that. Um, just, just to, again, just ease some of that stress before the students come. During the day, I also have like a checklist of things that I do. Um, some of those things I don't get to, but I put high priority things at the top to help me make make me feel less stress. Um, and when I leave, I have a goodbye checklist, things that I check off before I leave, like empty the oil diffuser, put your laptop away, get your lunchbox. Um, and I make sure that I leave work at work. I never take work home with me. Um, yes. This adds stress <laughs> at home. Like I don't want my home, my sanctuary to be associated with stress. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I get home, I also have a few things that I do, like a checklist, like I clean my house for 20 minutes, tops, make lunch, um, eat dinner. Sometimes I might work out. That's something that I'm trying to work on. Um, <laughs> I think I think that's, that's pretty much it. And then before I go to bed, I write in a journal. I write a things that I was thankful for in the day. And that really helps me to like really reflect on the day and think about what were the good things that happened, especially when it's like been like a really tough day. 
And even if it's mm-hmm. something like really like simple, like thank you for sunshine today. Like I'm thankful for the sunshine. Um, mm-hmm. that just really helps to like center me. And then um, I also pray. So I'll pray for other people. I'll pray for myself. And then that just helps to center me before I go to bed and start a new day. You got it. I you got it. Like, names. <laughs> nailed it right on the head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, um, Catherine, have you always, had this boundary of leaving work at work or was there ever a time where that wasn't the case and and maybe how did you come about creating that boundary for yourself yeah good question so like that first second third fourth year of teaching I was working non-stop especially my very first year of teaching because you feel like yes. oh, I everything I have. there's so much to do like you just don't know as a personal mm-hmm. teacher like that's really hard so I would take right home with me after work I would work through the entire weekend like I had no time for myself Mm -hmm. um and then my fourth year teaching I had that year um a pretty hard class um behavior wise and academically and I was literally driving myself into the ground and if I didn't make a choice to put myself first um things were just going to continue not to go well for me so I had to make um, a choice I actually sought. Um, I went to therapy to talk about what are some some ways that I can take care of myself better. Um, and that's when I started to get into podcasts. I started writing in a journal. I started um, making one thing uh, available for me each week. So I had something to look forward to, even if it's just like, oh, you're going to like um, curl your hair on Friday, like just something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to get Chick-fil-A milkshake because you deserve it on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> One little thing, right? Yeah. Um, so it was it was a hard transition to just to let go of some things. But I think once I set up that boundary, um, it was really beneficial for my personal life in the long run, because I am also a person outside of teaching too. I'm not just a teacher. I am Catherine at the end of the day, and I have other priorities and friends and relationships um, that are important. Mm -hmm. I think you, you literally just summed up like our entire course that we made this summer, (laughs) our, (laughs) this repels burnout course. You literally just talked about all the things that we coach people on in our course. (laughs) So That's awesome. And I love that you said that you went to therapy too. I think so many people, they have a hard time going to therapy and I wish everybody would go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just to be able to just talk to someone that Mm -hmm. you're not related to or not friends with. Cause I think sometimes family members, the outside looking in, they're like, Oh, teaching's easy. It's so much fun. There's so many, like, it's just so much fun. And it's, it is fun and there's great moments, but it's also can be very stressful um, and burdensome yeah. at times too. And I just needed someone to talk to that had nothing to do with the teaching world at all, didn't know, and just just listened to me and helped me. Mm-hmm. Help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering if, um, I think when we talk to teachers about setting this boundary of keeping work at work, there's just a lot of tension that shows up and a lot of misbelief or um, worries that, well, what are my co-teachers going to think? What is my administration going to say? Um, kind of almost this feeling that maybe is more subconscious of I'm going to get in trouble mm-hmm. if I leave work at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
How did you kind of battle some of those feelings if you had them on your own or for our listeners? I mean, did any of that actually show up? Did administration notice? Did they ever say anything? Like kind of those, can you walk through some of those fears that I think some teachers have about leaving work at work? I think for me, I used to always look at those people that left school, like right on time. I used to like think like, how are they, how is that even possible? How are you yep. <laughs> right when the kids leave? Like, how is that possible? And I thought because I stayed after longer, like I would say after, like until it was like dark outside and my car was the only car in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like that- a badge of honor. Right. Right. Which is yeah. very like hindsight's 2020, just very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh and so I thought because I was doing that that I was actually being more productive and that like like you said a badge of honor and I think when I moved into this position that I am in now because I have um some more planning time it helped me to be able to leave work on time and I am more um intentional with my time when I am at work so I will work the entire time with the exception of lunch I do not work during my lunch time at all um I don't even go in like the like teacher's lounge I'll sit in my classroom or go in my teacher friend's classroom or I'll watch like a funny YouTube video or something but outside of that time like I'm working all the time so that way I can leave on time and I think the difference between now and when I was a regular classroom teacher I did work all the time, but I think I just let the stress overwhelm me to the point where I was like, okay, well, I'll just have to do this just like after school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this school year, my principal's my principal is an advocate for self care, so she'll tell us she'll get on the loudspeaker and say, okay, it's time to go home now. Like it's time to take care of yourself. And I think that's yes. also very beneficial when you had administration that also respects your time and want you to put yourself first yes yeah I'm also lucky to be at a school um the same uh but yeah I totally hear you on the first year teacher thing and I hope that if there's any first year teachers listening we're not like for a first couple year (laughs) because let's be honest (laughs) it's not just first year but um we're not like we're not saying you're you have to drop everything at, at this time. And there is a period in your teaching career where you're going to have to put in a little bit more work because you don't have the things set up that you need set up. But at some point in time, I think for me, it was in the school I'm at, this is my sixth year now. So I think it was like at least two years, probably three years at this school where I felt like I was in a good position where I could leave everything at school and come home and feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And because I started using, well, I, I, I would use my time wisely, but like you said, you get overwhelmed. You have a, you have way more to do as a first couple year teacher because you're cleaning stuff out from past teachers. You're learning new things. You're learning your kids. And, but I think once we get past that, like few year point unless you're moving around to different positions all the time, there should be a point in time where you can focus at school, get stuff done and leave it at school. And if not, then that's the point in time where you need to look at the boundaries that you're setting for yourself. You need to look at other ways that you can start focusing and, and all that kind of stuff. So I just don't want like the first few year teachers to be like, 
wow, this isn't even possible. How are you leaving? Just like you said, how are you leaving on time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it, it takes time. Like, yeah, those yeah. couple of years you want to, you want to go above and beyond and you want your principal to be like, wow, she is a hard worker. Or he is a hard worker. And like, that's, mm-hmm. that's okay. Like your first couple of years, you're still also trying to figure it out. And I think like you said, the longer you've been teaching, the more you get to know and you're like, oh, okay, this actually, I can cut this down in half the time. It doesn't take me as long to do because now I have more experience or like, oh, like I don't need the kids to do X, Y, and Z anymore because right. I have more experience. There's maybe a shortcut or it's yeah. maybe necessary anymore. So I think mm-hmm. like, yeah, with experience, it does um, get more manageable. I won't say easier, more manageable. Mm-hmm. Yes. And thinking about your checklists and how I think that would have been so beneficial for me, my first years of teaching, having things thought out like that and written down, yeah. because I think a lot of these things take up so much of our working memory that we don't we don't need it to. We need our mm-hmm. we need our thoughts and our brain power for other things. And I love the concept of your lists for different parts of your day, because then it takes those out of your mind until you need it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think. Um, I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And goodbye. I actually stole it from another teacher on Instagram and she like, oh, okay. she has it laminated and she like checks it off with like a dry erase marker so she okay. can physically erase it. Uh, yeah. Mine is not like that. Mine is, mine is typed up and I have it like on a clipboard. Um, And I do have like a list for like, okay, when it's time to plan, like these are your things that you need to focus on. And I think like you said, that's important because my like as a teacher we're thinking about so many things like constantly and like trying to problem mm-hmm. solve all these little things and when I do finally sit down and like wow I totally forgot about everything that like I wanted to do but like if it's already written down like you said that's half the battle right there right yeah I make a um for my prep time I make a list kind of like throughout the day of things that I'm thinking of and then if there's a lot on it I'll sit down before I leave for the day and I'll prioritize them so that when I sit down for my prep the next day, it's already, it's there and I can just go. So similar concept. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I like that a lot. That's a good idea. Having a separate checklist for it. Yeah. Super cool. So uh, Roberta and I talk about teacher burnout a lot and I think it was very prevalent before the pandemic, but now the pandemic has really brought it out of us a lot more. (laughs) Um, And so if we start incorporating these things that you're talking about into our days more, it's really going to help counteract that feeling of burnout. So what would you say to the teachers who still don't think that there is time to fit these things into our busy days? Good question. Um, I would just say start with one thing, just one thing. So if there's one thing that you want to change or one thing that you want to work on, just start with that one thing um, and then break that down into smaller goals. So like, for example, the one thing that I really wanted to work on this year that would help me feel less stressed and less overwhelmed was like being prepared in the morning so I can just grab and go. So it doesn't take me as long to get ready. I'm able to leave on time. Um, and so I had to like really think about like what's not working here and now mm-hmm. you know, staring at my closet in the morning like oh what am I gonna wear and like scrambling mm-hmm. together like oh I'll eat a peach and a 
granola bar and uh, whatever for lunch. And I had to cut that out because it was not helping me be productive in the morning. So I really think about, and I was talking to other coworkers too. I think that's helpful too. Like when you have a good trusted teacher friend that you can talk to and say like, Hey, like I'm really struggling, like in the mornings getting here. Cause my teacher friend said that she plans out her outfits for the whole week. Um, and at first I was like, wow, that's really ambitious of you. Like I don't like the weather until, like, <laughs> like the night before, like I, what? that's crazy. Um, yeah. but I tried it for like the first couple of days of the week. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like I'll pre-plan my outfits. Um, I don't have the whole week planned out because the weather just changes so much. Um, yeah. like all of a sudden we have a snare day, um, so I do try to just plan like the first couple of days and then whatever I'm eating for dinner is also what I'm going to have for lunch the next day. So I just started yep. with one thing, breaking that one thing down. Um, I think as like a teacher, sometimes we want to do it all and we want to be good at it all. But I think if you just focus on one thing and master that thing, that'll mm-hmm. be helpful. And then also just like give yourself grace too and just remind yourself that you are human. You're going to make mistakes. You're not going to get it. You're going to mess up. You're going to forget mm-hmm. to plan that outfit or you're going to maybe sometimes have to just grab an apple and go for lunch um, mm-hmm. that day. And, you know, it's okay to make adjustments to your goals. It's okay to change things. Just just give yourself grace. Everything will work out. It'll be okay. Yeah. I um, was talking with a teacher at school today and she was like, oh my gosh, last week was just so crazy with homecoming and everything and she helps plan a lot of the homecoming activities and she's like but you'd be so proud of me (laughs) I was like why and she's like because I made a giant thing of soup and I pre-packaged it out so I could just grab and go this week and I'm already feeling so much better yeah (laughs) so I think it's important, like you said, to give ourselves grace. Like she knew like that was going to be a crazy week and she was literally just eating when she could. And I, it's important to know, like you said, we can't be perfect all the time. Like there's going to be crap weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just have to reflect and, and try and do better yeah. next time it comes around. So, cause you talked about boundaries and I think this is where teachers struggle a lot. They feel like they have to be everything to everybody all the time. And so how would you suggest that maybe they, I know you said start with one thing. So they're going to start with one thing. And that one thing is starting to set boundaries. What is one thing around boundaries that you would suggest that they start with? Good question. Um, So I think whenever I set a boundary, it's all about, and like not to be selfish, but it's about myself um, as a teacher, as a professional, as a person. Um, And I think about if I'm at school, what's what's the thing that's going to be most beneficial to me, whether I'm planning when I first get in in the morning, um, and, and also just just stand by that boundary. Sometimes it's also maybe a good idea to have an accountability partner. Um, mm-hmm. so I know my teacher friend, when I come into her classroom during her planning time, she's still working. And sometimes she might say to me like, oh, like, I'm just going to like hurry. I'm just like working on this like thing. And like, that's the hint to me, like, okay, Catherine, like get out of here. Like I'll talk to you later kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, just, just put yourself first. Think about 
what's the most beneficial to me, the most beneficial use of time for yourself um, and just stick with that. Maybe get an accountability person, but just stand by um, that boundary. I was listening to one of your podcasts um, and you guys were talking about five tips for, I think it was about setting boundaries at work, but you guys were talking about how you shut your classroom door. Um, yes. Like, prep time. I, like, I think it was the prep time one you were listening to. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that is so me. And like, sometimes I feel bad about that, but at the same yeah. time, like I don't because I have work to do. Like, right. yeah. If I keep my door open, people will come in and they'll talk to me. And I, yep. I kind of like feel bad, like telling people like, oh, like go away now. Like I'm done. Like, yeah. I to do. Um, but like, sticking to that boundary shutting my door sometimes I will lock the door sometimes we'll turn off the light um that has been really beneficial to me in my time and getting things done because otherwise next thing you know the hour is gone and I'm like man like I could have gotten so much work done if I had yeah. stuck to my boundary mm-hmm. right yeah and I don't like you said sometimes you feel kind of bad or selfish and I don't think we should feel that way at all. Like we, we have to do what's best for us because essentially what's best for us is what's best for everybody else around us. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where people I think get so hung up on boundaries. It's like, well, I might hurt somebody's feelings or, you know, I might, I, I don't know. I, it's just, it's that whole, like, have to be liked by everybody and you know I I deal with that as well but I've gotten really good over these last few years setting boundaries and and it's also important to know that it's not everybody else's job to um fall in line with your boundaries it is it's going to happen where they kind of cross those boundary lines and it's just our job to keep keeping them up like you said instead of telling people when they walk in like just kind of fixing that from the start by shutting our door mm -hmm. so that you don't have to, you know, like be the person, the, the quote unquote bad person right? <laughs> like telling them, I'm sorry, I'm working right now. Right. <laughs> I actually, I forgot to shut my, I forgot to lock my door the other day and I had a student come in and I had to leave uh, for a emergency appointment. And I was like rushing really fast to get my sub plans done. And she walked in, I looked at her and I was like, Hey, I'm in a big rush. I can't really help you right now. And she was like, can I just have a ponytail? And I was like, sure. And I pulled it out of my drawer and I like flung it at her across the room. And I'm like, can you just pull the lock out or pull the magnet out of my door? So it locks. She's like, okay, bye, Mrs. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> the most awkward conversation ever, but it was hilarious. Cause it, I mean, like sometimes that's just what we have to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good point too. Having boundaries with your students. Yeah. Wow, that's that's also very um, important too. Because I will also have students, um, especially the kids in the younger grades, that will come in and they want to like give a hug or they want to mm -hmm. like, oh, what are you doing in here? And it's like, no, honey, you also have a job to do. Right. <laughs> you know, like oh, <laughs> quick hug, quick elbow tap, quick high five, and then you keep it pushing so I can keep it pushing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This has been an awesome conversation. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, you have talked about like everything that we are super passionate about. So um, we're just going to move into our final questions. And number one, what are you grateful for in this season of your life? 
a great question. So I am most grateful for time, um, time to rest, time to laugh, time to be with others, time to create, time to dance, um, time to do nothing, time to reflect. I'm grateful that time moves forward through those really difficult classes that I have. <laughs> and I'm also grateful that time seems to stand still when I have those really sweet um, classes where they're smiling from ear to ear. So right now I'm really grateful for time. Awesome. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Okay. Answer. And just, this is not one of the questions, but I'm, I'm very curious about how, how often do you dance? Um, so I recently, so the past, I want to say two or three years, I was actually teaching dance, um, in a dance studio. Um, I teach jazz dance. So it's a combination of like hip hop and ballet, um, but I recently left that dance studio. Um, I was asked to substitute at one of our local middle schools, um, one of their dance companies. Um, I have a wedding to dance um, at next month. Um, so I'm not actively like taking a dance class. Um, but if someone asks me to dance or perform, I'm all about it. It's my favorite thing to do. I love it. <laughs> I think that's really cool and really powerful because what you said at the beginning was, you know, dance was your passion, but you decided it wasn't going to be your career path, but that doesn't mean you had to say goodbye to it completely. So I love that mm -hmm. you, you talked about that now, like it's still a part of your life and a part of who you are. You just chose a different mm -hmm. job. And I think that's yeah. powerful. All right. Next uh, question here. What book are you reading or um, what podcast are you currently listening to? Um, okay, so I am listening listening to a podcast called How Married Are You? Um, I believe their names are Belief and Mrs. Melanin. That's their like stage names. Um, it's a marriage podcast and they also talk about um, their life with their children. Um, I am not married and I do not have children, but I do one day aspire to be married and have children. Um, and that also goes back to me setting up boundaries um, at work. Um, that way I can prepare for a home life when I get home um, and helping to be with my children and be with my husband. Um, so um, yeah, that's one of my favorite podcasts. And they also have a YouTube channel too, where they make funny content with their children. Um, something that I watch during my lunch breaks at work. Um, <laughs> there's another podcast that I listen to, but they have not released any episodes in a really long time. But I really, I wish I could find a way to incorporate this podcast in my into my classroom. It's called Wondery imagined life um and so what happens is they have these voice actors and they talk in first person as someone that is famous or someone that's infamous for doing something um and they're talking about their life and from a young age to adulthood and the whole time you have to guess who it is so they never say like their name they never say um, who they are, but they reveal the person at the end. Um, and sometimes it's very surprising and they're real um, life stories. Um, so it's very interesting. And they have a kid's version as well as a, an adult version. So they've done like Princess Diana, Whoopi Goldberg, um, The Rock, um, all of these different people. It's very, very interesting um, to listen to. Um, I am also an avid reader. So I try to read at least two books a week. Um, 
or not not a week i'm sorry a month a month oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i was like wow a, a month not a week good wow yeah wow is right um so the last book i read was it's called the woman in the library so it's about an author that's writing a book about another author writing a book so it's like a book inside a book um and it's a murder mystery um i so i'm a part of a book club with my mother and her sisters um i gave it a three out of five um only because that concept was a little bit confusing and it was um prolonging for a very long time um but the the murderer um that was that was interesting who that was it was it was a good book so if you like reading books about books that might be a good treat. <laughs> <laughs> um and then i'm also reading yeah it's it's a good book um and then I'm also reading another book right now. It's called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. And it's a mm. Christian book about how to deal with disappointments in your life. Oh. Um, yeah, there's just been recently, I think, you know, I just turned 30 over the summer and I'm reflecting on my life. And there's some things like not pursuing a dance career that, you know, were disappointing to me, but I still have dance in my life and just dealing with disappointments um, as far as life decisions, relationships, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'd have to go pick that one up. <laughs> it's a really good. Nice. Um, okay. And then last one, you've already mentioned so many, but I want to know what is the most, like what is the, the best daily routine or something that you do to take care of your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual self that you're proud of, like your number one thing you wouldn't do without it on a daily basis Ooh, on a daily basis Ooh. i i made it a little bit trickier for you because you have so many that you're really good at so <laughs> um right now so for the month of october i decided to give up a couple things so one of those things was social media now mm-hmm. I, i'm active on my business page for teacher pay teachers just to keep that mm-hmm. active but i do not like go and search like my favorite celebrity or go on my personal page at all my personal instagram page or my personal facebook page at all um i think i was going through a season where i was i think we all do this compare ourselves to other people and we're like wow like she's having another baby or wow like she's such a great teacher like how does she, how is she so positive like all the time mm-hmm. um I just needed to clear like my mental space and really practice like being in the moment and being present in the relationships and the good things that I do have going on because I think that's really easy to do is to get caught up in someone else's like good things or you forget about your own good stuff um mm-hmm. and that's just been really beneficial to my headspace, to my heart, to my relationships, my personal life, things are just going very well. Also, I gave up candy. So my Instagram, <laughs> like it's called Bite Size Kit Kat, which is like a play yeah. on like, Kat and Catherine, because I love candy and like that's my stress reliever. Like I will eat like a, one of those like big bags of Starburst. Like I'll eat like almost the whole bag in one day. Like I'm just eating. Oh and- my gosh all the time it's like it gives me like a sugar high like I like that feeling yeah. um 
And I had like a come to Jesus moment. I was like, wow, you're just like spending so much money on candy and you're eating too much. So I have given it up. I have replaced it with nature's candy. So I eat strawberries and blueberries and raspberries, much healthier alternative. Um, so yeah, just like, like I said before, I just picked one thing, like what's like really like not going well for you right now. What could you sacrifice, give up? What could you do better? And I just, I've not on social media, not consuming candy. I'm itching. I'm like literally like itching for candy. Like can't wait for Halloween to come. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's working out for me right now. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I was good. When you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny because you have Kit Kat in your Instagram <laughs> name. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, well, I have loved talking to you. And now that explains why I don't see new posts from you on Instagram. <laughs> it's like she's answering messages. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying my best to update as I go along, but I'm trying my best to just refrain from social media. Yes. No, I love that. That's yes. We, we all need that. It's, but like you said, when your business is on social media, it's so hard. <laughs> So yeah, I try to, I try to just go on for the businessy activities and then, you know, maybe give myself five minutes of scrolling reels or whatever. Otherwise you could get sucked into those for days. <laughs> There's a, such a big time suck when you get time doing something that you really do love. Right. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us tonight. And we are super grateful for you for doing that. And we hope you have a great night. Yeah, it was great talking to you, Ashley and Roberta. Thank you so much. Thank awesome. you. And thank you for Bye. sharing your story. Thank you. We want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chat about healthy family living. We would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas you have for future episodes. So feel free to message us at the teacher mama's podcast at gmail.com or the teacher mama's podcast on Instagram. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave a quick rating or review on whatever platform you're listening from. If something really stood out to you today, don't forget to share it with someone else in your life that might need to hear it too. Spread the word. Please don't forget to share with your online community and tag us. For more positivity and inspiration on how we navigate life and the things we do on a daily basis to stay sane in the crazy, don't forget to go follow each of us on Instagram. Check the show notes for our handles.